The end of the year is a good time to reflect on all your blessings and challenges that you have faced since January, but it's also a good time to take inventory and stock of your preps. Hey, this is episode 808 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will get you prepped, save the day, and make you the hero to your loved ones. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. As we start this episode, I want to give some shout outs to a couple of uh, just well, first to Gary, who's a very special uh, listener and also supporter of the podcast and of what I'm doing over at Ready Your, Ready Your Future. And uh, Gary seems to uh, be very consistent with buying me coffees, buying me five coffees. And I greatly appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much, Gary, for doing that. So uh, uh, blessings on you. And then I want to give a shout out to listeners in Jamaica. And so for a couple of weeks, I've been on like um, the top 200 around there. And I'm starting to fall, but um, people listening in Jamaica. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And so uh, thank you guys for listening. And then all of you that are listening all over the world, I greatly appreciate you as well. So this article came through on the feed and I added it to the top preparedness articles that went out there. If you are a supporter of top preparedness articles, thank you so much for being a supporter of that as well. And so uh, I thought this was a good one to kind of look at because um, it talks about end of the year or actually maybe new year. So I'm really looking at this as more like the end of the year reflection and things that you can start doing now. And one of the reasons I look at it towards the end of the year, I guess, is because most people have a little bit of downtime where they're able to stop and reflect and maybe they're off for a couple of days, maybe they're off for, you know, maybe you only get off for Christmas, but there's still a little bit of downtime compared to some of the other days where we're always kind of going hectic. And I think it's good to stop a little bit and and reflect. And so um, this article was coming to us from foodstoragemoms.com and uh, my friend Linda Loosely over there is um, the owner of that of that website. And I've had Linda on before and I wanted to kind of uh, just point this out. I'm actually going to link to the podcast if you want to listen to it. If you haven't listened to it in a while or maybe you've, you've listened to it since then, it was episode 530. And I really brought Linda on to talk about organization because she does a great job of organizing her preps and making kits. And uh, even in this article that I'm going to read today, she has a, a really cool like first aid kit. And I hadn't seen that one before. So um, anyway, I, I did an interview with her and I also recorded the video and she gave me some pictures that I show in that video. So I'm going to link to the video over on YouTube if you want to go check that one out and you can kind of see some of the graphics that I'm talking about and some of the kits and the things that she's done to uh, prepare. But I'm going to go ahead and put that in the description of the uh, episode so you can go check those out after you listen to this one. So let's go ahead and read this article again coming to us from foodstoragemoms.com. The title of the article is Emergency Preparedness in the New Year. As a new year quickly approaches, it's crucial to prioritize our safety and well-being as we make some New Year's resolutions. Emergency preparedness should be at the top of our list. Whether you're an experienced prepper or someone looking to start their preparedness journey, I want to talk about emergency preparedness in the new year. Taking these steps, you'll be better equipped to handle any unforeseen circumstances that may come your way. So review and update your emergency plan. 
The first step towards effective emergency preparedness is to review and update your existing emergency plan. If you don't have an emergency preparedness plan, now is a great time to start putting one together. Make sure it's a true family emergency plan and that all family members are familiar with the plan. It needs to include copies of important documents like identification papers, insurance policies, financial documents, and emergency contact numbers. The plan should also outline what prescriptions and over-the-counter medications are part of the necessities to be included. A plan that makes your family self-sufficient and shows resilience should be a goal. So consider any recent changes in your household, such as new family members, pets, or those with any disabilities, and update your plan accordingly. And so she's got some links here, and again, it's one of the great reasons to go and check out her article. So assess and enhance your emergency supplies. Take an inventory of your emergency supplies and identify any items that need replenishing or upgrading. Ensure you have enough of your food, water, and essential supplies to sustain your household for at least 72 hours. Check expiration dates and rotate perishable items accordingly. Natural disasters and emergencies can come in many forms, whether severe storms with flooding, tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, or wildfires. Consider what your location is likely to experience and plan your disaster preparedness before disaster strikes. The term preparedness is the key as you put your action plans together. You may have to act at a moment's notice, so have things in place and ready to go, including a go bag for each family member. Hopefully, there will be some warnings beforehand, but that isn't always true in case of emergency. Consider investing in alternative energy sources like solar power or generators to keep essential devices functioning during power outages. Next up is conduct a home safety inspection. A safe and secure home is vital in the event of an emergency. Conduct a thorough inspection of your home safety features. Install smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, and fire extinguishers in appropriate areas. Inspect your home for potential hazards such as loose wiring, faulty appliances, or blocked escape routes. Don't forget to secure heavy furniture and other objects that could possess a danger during earthquakes or severe weather events. Then learn new skills. Take the new year as an opportunity to learn new skills that can be invaluable during emergencies. Consider enrolling in first aid and CPR courses to provide immediate assistance in case of injuries. Learn basic self-defense techniques and develop your situational awareness skills. You may want to get your neighbors to join you in a community emergency response training class so that you know you'll have some support. Acquiring knowledge in gardening, food preservation, and DIY repairs can also be beneficial during extended periods of crisis. Next up, stay informed. So stay updated with local and global news to anticipate potential emergencies. Follow reliable sources such as government websites, news outlets, and social media accounts of relevant organizations. Sign up for emergency alerts and notifications to reveal real-time or receive real-time information about potential threats in your area. You should have a radio available so information from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, can be received. Being well-informed allows you to make informed decisions and take necessary actions promptly. You also want to establish emergency communication channels. So in times of crisis, communication is one of the most important things you can do. Establish multiple communication channels with your loved ones, including phone calls, text messages, email, walkie-talkie, or social media platforms. 
designate a family meeting point with evacuation routes and ensure everyone knows the plan in case of separation. Invest in battery-powered radios, hand-cranked radios, or walkie-talkies to communicate when traditional means are unavailable. Then build community connections. So building strong connections within your community is essential for mutual support during emergencies. Join local emergency response groups, neighborhood watch programs, or volunteer organizations. Participate in community drills and exercises to enhance your preparedness skills and familiarize yourself with local resources. Mutual collaboration can make a significant difference during times of crisis. Then consider taking classes or workshops on first aid, basic survival skills, and emergency preparedness. You can also find informative books, online resources, and YouTube tutorials that cover a wide range of prepping skills. Be sure to review my archive link above for subjects I've covered over the years. You might even find some fun recipes to make during emergencies. So how do I create a prepping plan? You start by assessing the potential risk in your location and identify the specific needs of your household. Make a list of essential supplies that include medical supplies, create an emergency contact list, and establish a communication plan with your family members. Regularly review and update your plan as needed. And guys, that seems very simple to do, and it is simple. It's not hard work, and I'm going to mention that here in just a minute, but it is work. Like You've, you've got to put in a little bit of time and effort into it. And then again, so the supplies that you need, the specific supplies you need will depend on your circumstances and the potential risk in your area. However, some common items include a collection of basic items like non-perishable food, water, first aid kits, flashlights, batteries, a portable phone charger, blankets, basic toolkits. These all can be incorporated into any emergency supply kit. And that, guys, that's one of the things that I say is like prepping is universal. There's a lot of things that, you know, what I'm going to do for uh, a hurricane down here in the Gulf Coast, you guys up north are going to do the same thing for a blizzard, right? There's a lot of things that are, that are the same. Um, there are those tweaks, though, that you're going to need, right? Um, so uh, dealing with extreme cold up in the north, you got to deal with that, where I'm going to be dealing with extreme heat down here if the power goes out. So then the final word is if you're ready to focus on emergency preparedness in the new year, then you're going to need these tips. I always tell families to do one thing at a time to help them prepare for emergencies. It's all we can do, especially in an economy like this. Don't let, you, let yourself get overwhelmed trying to get prepared. I've told my readers for years that you can start one can at a time. May God bless this world, Linda. All right, guys, so I want to go ahead and uh, reflect on a couple of things that she mentions here. And one of the things that I've done is I've made a checklist. So I made kind of like a, uh, an end-of-the-year checklist that you can kind of uh, look at, and I've created it for download. And so it's not, it's not fancy. I didn't put a lot of uh, you know, graphics into it or didn't try to make it you know, uh, very colorful or anything else like that. It's just a very basic checklist that you can print out with uh, some of these considerations uh, that I'm adding and tacking on. You can print it out, put it on your desk and kind of go through these and maybe check them off one at a time and maybe even add to it according to your, your situation. But I want to give uh, just maybe some uh, considerations and encouragements, um, just like eight more. And some of these are, are from the article itself, but I just want to elaborate on some of these. All right. One consideration is to hit a goal and then increase it. So, for example, she mentioned here in her article that you should be ready for like, you know, prepare for 72 hours. 
But after you hit that, uh, that goal in your individual category, so let's say you've got food, water, power, sanitation, protection, shelter, after you hit your three days or your 72 hours, then increase that. Aim for a week or aim for a month. Right, So I got 72 hours of all these things that I need. You don't want to become imbalanced. You don't want to have, hey, I got a month of food, but I only have you know three days of water. You want to increase as you go. So once you have the basics, then go ahead and increase for a week, increase for a month. Maybe you have six months and you have a year. I think sometimes... Uh, people, you know, we hear people in the preparedness community like I've got two years of food and and that's great. And we look at that and like, how can I ever, especially if you're starting out new or you haven't been doing it for a while and like, how can I possibly have two years worth of, of food stored up? And, uh, you know, that's, that's a big goal, but you got to remember that they started, they probably started really, really easy in into it right it's like they started with that one week and then they added a month and they added a month and then they continued going on from there the other thing when you consider that when you start increasing your preps and you start thinking really long term is people are investing money in that so um, unless you are just like you got tons of money and you're able to just kind of like you know buy whatever you need most people forego going on vacations. Most people forego buying the brand new car or doing the home improvements and things like that to be able to have their preps. And so that's another, you know, kind of thing there to be thinking about that as you increase trying to do it all, balancing it all out. So hit your goal and then increase it. And that's another reason why you want to be able to, you know, think about and reflect on where you are at the at this end of the year and maybe set some goals for next year. Hey, I want to have six months worth of food, right? Or something along those lines. Um, Another consideration is focus on what preps and priorities will give you more bang for your buck, right? What really moves the needle? You might want to focus on food and water before like prioritizing a garden or building a rain catchment system. And so both of those things would be like in, the, you know, prior, you know, a garden would be in the food category, like you're, you're, you're adding to your food, but that's going to be a little bit, it's going to take some time, right? Here in the wintertime, not a lot of people are gardening. And so that's something that you're looking forward to, that you're working on, and you can have that goal that you're working towards that, but prioritize food. And that might be the most important things like, Hey, your long-term food storage, or, you know, start off with canned food, right. And then go from there. Um, water, you know, add, add to your water. So you have that 72 hours, maybe that you start off with like bottled water, you go and you get enough bottled water for 72 hours. Maybe you increase that to a week's worth of just bottled water, but you know, the rain catchment system can come, but you don't want to build a rain catchment system without having all the other things. What if you build a rain catchment system and you don't have the water filters and you don't have the the skills to be able to filter and purify all that water because you should do that even though it's you know coming off of your roof, you're still gonna need to do that. So focus on what really truly moves the needle first. And sometimes we go to the sexy things like you know, like building a bug out bag and you know ready to go out into the woods and survive and and uh, you know we're going out and we're building our you know our firearms or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but focus on what moves the needle first. And I think that's important. I think this next one is really important. I don't remember that uh, she talked about this one in the article, um, but it's don't forget about taking care of your finance your finances, 
right? Um, just like we, we talk about creating a plan for your preparedness, and most people do not, and that it should be the very first thing you do, because if you don't have a plan, you don't know where you're going. You don't know, I mean, you're just like, um, just stocking up stuff. Same thing with your finances. Create a budget. If you don't have a budget, you're not telling your money what to do and where to go. And you can be making tons of money and you look at the end of the month, like where did it all go? Because you don't have any kind of plan. So if you're not, if you don't have a budget, go look at some of Dave Ramsey's resources, go do some research online, create a budget, do that, and then see where you're at. You might find that you have more money than you realize coming in. You just don't know where it's going. Or you might realize you're spending a lot of money and you're looking at your bank account, you know, whatever it is, bring it up online. You know, if you're getting paper statements, whatever it might be, look at it and like, where is my money going? And you might realize that you've got a lot of expenses that are going out and you're not even using them. Like for instance, the subscription services. Um, I had a boss who she looked at, uh, she was, uh, when she was getting ready to retire, started really looking at all her finances. And she's like, I didn't realize I was paying for this. I was paying for this. I was paying for that. Cause it's like an automatic withdrawal. Right. And if you're not really paying attention to all that, um, it's, it's stuff that you set up a long time ago. So, you know, look at your budget, you know, cut back on your expenses. I think you need to stash some cash out of the bank. So you have some cash uh, at home on, you know, somewhere uh, stashed away under your mattress or not really under your mattress, but you get what I'm saying here. And then um, maybe look into creating some kind of side hustle. And I've talked about that a lot. I think that in our economy, because I think this is going to be one of the big things that we're going to be dealing with, I mean, you keep hearing about, you know, inflation is starting to taper off and blah, 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 but you're not really feeling that at the grocery store or at the pump, or I guess gas is starting to go down a little bit, but you know, you're still feeling everything is more expensive. And so, uh, you know, preparing your finances is a big, big deal. If you're not doing that right now, then that should be a big goal of yours moving into the, the to the next year. All right. Uh, another consideration, she mentioned this in the article, and I'm going to go ahead and elaborate on this as well. Don't forget to include your pets and your livestock in your preparedness. It's so easy to think about you know, how we can get better prepared and all that, but you have pets and you have livestock. Um, one of the things that I, I kind of uh, think about is you know, I have family members who uh, make their own dog food, right? And so there's a recipe, you know, recipes online and you can do, you know, all, I'm saying all natural, but it's, you know, like they're using regular people food and, and they're creating it. However, whatever they need to do. So they create it and it's kind of like food prep. You do it at the, you know, at the beginning of the week and you have it for the rest of the week and you give them that food. Um, and, you know, that's been a big deal for those who have pets and, and uh, you know, you see all those uh, or, you know, organic pet food or, or whatever it might be, or you go to the grocery store and, and they have like a, a refrigeration section just where you can buy like tubes of, of food for your, for your dogs. Right. Um, but you can make that stuff at home and sometimes it's cheaper or at least better for your dogs. And so if you're not going to store dog food and, and go through all of that, then you might want to consider, you know, consider something like that, you know, using your, your food storage, how can you, uh, you know, use your food storage to be able to feed your dog and you would want to, or your pets, right. And you want to be able to, 
start them on that now probably than than to switch off but anyway uh i just all to say you need to be thinking about your pets and, and your livestock and and what goes into that uh and and how to help them um if you have a pet that you know is always going to the groomer you know how can in in for whatever reason you can't go to the groomer or maybe you can't afford it anymore how can you take care of them at home? How can you maybe learn how to, uh, to groom them buy some clippers and, and do that? I know that we've done that and, um, you know, just, you know, experiment a little bit with that. All right. Next up is take into account. And she mentioned this here, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it again. Take into account the different risks associated for your region or area. If you haven't, if you live in the north, prepare for winter storms and blizzards. If you live on the coast, prepare for hurricanes. If you live in an area where earthquakes are frequent, know what you would do in an earthquake. This question came up recently in the exclusive email group. And, you know, I'm here in, in Houston, Texas, and we really don't have earthquakes and never really, although there are some fault lines, but I never really experienced one. And, uh, you know, I kind of threw it out there in the, uh, the exclusive email group. And people who have experienced it, you know, chimed in. I thought that was really interesting. And so if you if you do live in an area, maybe you've moved to an area that uh, has experienced earthquakes, but maybe you've never experienced it since you've been there. It would be good to brush up and, and to realize and to know what you need to do when you are in an earthquake and when the earthquake is happening. So take into account your different risks. I think I'm like, as I get older and I've been in preparedness for, for so much, you know, all this time here, I, I start to move away from the EMP side of it, you know, like all the, the big world ending disasters. Part of that is my faith, but part of that is, um, you know, the, the, just the fact that there are more things to be prepared for than just the EMP. And I know people say, you know, if you're prepared for an EMP, you're prepared for, for anything. And I don't really agree with that because I think an EMP would be, you know, the, the ramifications are so big that no one would really even know. Plus, we again, we don't even know what truly would happen with an EMP. There's been, I have read so many articles throughout the years of, uh, you know, and, and articles that were even researched, right? where um, really nothing really happens. You know, cars might lose some of their electrical um, components, but they're still able to drive all the way to, oh my gosh, we're going back to the Stone Age. And so you really don't know what all is it's going to look like. So imagine spending so much time and effort building like a, a wire cage, you know, in your garage to protect your vehicle so that you have a car to drive, you know, when the EMP goes and then you really didn't need to do that, you know, or you're driving your car when the EMP goes off and you didn't have it in that protection. And then, you know, you're kind of, you know, messed up anyway. But anyway, I, I, I still go back to think about the things that are more probable, you know, your, your hurricanes, your blizzards, your tornadoes, your earthquakes, your wildfires, you know, financial, you know, you know, your job loss, you know, the, the economy, you know, crapping out and you're uh, having to pay more for all the other stuff that's out there that you normally buy. I think those are the things really you put a little bit more effort and time into. I'm not saying don't consider the EMP. I'm not considering, you know, don't consider. I think cyber attack is is probably uh, on our electrical grid is probably uh, more probable than an EMP right now. Although, you know, EMPs have happened or not EMP, sorry, CMEs and solar flares and all that. So anyway, um, I know a lot to that. And I know I probably 
am a wet blanket on a lot of people who are waiting for, you know, the big one to happen, but it's more probable to have some of these other things happen and you really should be prepared for those. Um, going and moving on, think about the items in your home that, in, that you include in your preparedness that need maintenance, or maybe you don't even think about these as preparedness items, but they still are, and you need uh, to, to take care of them. So for instance, if you have a generator or even a snowblower, for those of you who are up north, you, you want to start them up every once in a while, right? Uh, maybe you know you, you check it out, you run it to make sure that everything is, is working right, you change the oil, you do the maintenance on that, and then have it written down. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I did an article on your uh, the Prepper Commonplace book, and maybe that's the place where you keep your maintenance. Right? Maybe at the at the end of the book, you do some, uh, you know, you, the end of your prepper commonplace book, you have a section where you just do maintenance and you like you write it down so you're able to remember and you're not just trying to do it from memory. But you know, change the oil and and, and run your your snowblower and, and your generator and make sure everything is working according to plan. Um, check the batteries in your smoke detector, in your fire or fire detector, or your CO two, your carbon monoxide detector. Um, check those batteries, make sure that they are working. And uh, I think that is a big deal. There's people who have died. I've, I've done uh, videos on that where people who have died just because they didn't have a, uh, you know, a smoke detector and uh, a fire happened, you know? And so you don't, you don't want that. A, a, something like a, you know, a 2999 smoke detector would, uh, you know, save the, the life of your family. So you want to do that. Do a visual on if you have any fire extinguishers or even in the like the fire spray, the foam spray that you can buy off of Amazon. And I did an article on that not too long ago, and uh, you can you know, it's pretty pretty cheap, and you can have a couple of these around, and they will take care of a lot of the different types of fires, whether they be grease fires or electrical fires or whatever it might be. Um, they'll take care of that. And so stash them in your home, maybe one in the kitchen underneath the sink, one somewhere like in your living room, you know, in a, uh, you know, somewhere that you can easily get to and uh, let your family members know that it's there. If they ever need it, they can use it. It's better to clean, clean up a little bit of mess of that foam spray, you know, around than to have to deal with, uh, you know, your house burning down. And so I think that's a big, uh, important preparedness item. Next up, think through your plans and gears gear and make adjustments if your situation has changed. So it's very possible that you've created a bug out bag or you created some plans and they're a couple of years old, they're dated. And now maybe you have a newborn or you have some kids now, or maybe you got married and, and the, the spouse that you married has kids and now they need to be incorporated into your preparedness. Maybe an elderly parent has moved in with you and you need to include them into your preparedness plans. And so that needs to be part of it in, in, in what you do. So if you have your plans, if you have your gear, then you need to go ahead and incorporate them there. And then lastly, um, we haven't talked a lot about the emergency binder, but if you have your emergency binder and you've created that, then you need to go ahead and look through it and see if there's anything you need to change. Maybe you need to update some bank accounts. Maybe you need to update um, some shot records. Maybe um, you know there's a, maybe you paid off your house and you want to put a copy of, of that in your, your emergency binder. Uh, maybe you need to update phone numbers and different things like that. So go ahead and and do that. Um, I think that would be really important as you uh, as you're reflecting and as you're moving forward at the end of the year. So then, guys, again, like when we when we do th these types of things, 
this is not the sexy thing, right? This is not, it's not sexy, but it makes a big difference. Just do the work that it, that it, you know, it requires. Um, you're not outside building fires and going to the gun range and shooting your, your firearms. You're not doing those types of things, but it is, it does move the needle when you start having these plans and you're able to uh, work off of them. So do the work. It's like the budget. It's not fun to sit there and do the budget and to, and to plan all that out. But it's the same thing with your preparedness plans. Kind of, you know, do that. Um, you win at preparedness when you take small steps and you do that consistently. And so if you can do a little bit at a time, even if it's creating your budget your, or creating your preparedness plan, you do that a little bit at a time, you will um, you will win because you are being very purposeful and you are being consistent. The, the idea of I'm going to be prepared, I get prepared this week, I've done everything I need and I'm good and I don't have to look at it until you know the apocalypse happens. That's not, that's not the way to do it, right? You want to uh, be prepared and taking small steps and being consistent. That's how you win. So remember, I did, I created a checklist. It's not, it's not fancy, but you can download it for free over no, no signing up for emails or anything. Although you should sign up for my email uh, <laughs> because then you get the Saturday prep every, every Saturday morning. But uh, download the the checklist. Go go check that out. I'm gonna have a link in the in the description of the podcast episode. You can go check that out. Don't forget to listen or go watch Linda's past episode on organization. That might give you a little bit, uh, give you some ideas on on how to do that. You know, org- organization is one of the things that happens when you know the the year turns. You know, hits the, the new year or whatever. Um, a lot, you know, you'll go to like Home Depot, you'll go to the big box stores and they'll put, have totes out and you can buy totes and, and stuff like that because people are maybe putting up their Christmas stuff and maybe they're cleaning up and they have a little bit of time to do that. Uh, maybe you can score some, some ways that you can organize your preps a little bit more, but uh, she'll give you some great ideas. So don't forget to uh, listen to that episode. Again, that was episode 530, or you can go watch it over on YouTube. Well, guys, that's it for episode 808. Like always, I'm going to link to this article so you can go check it out. And you can check out, check out all of Linda's uh, links on her uh, article. And uh, she has some really good stuff there. Hey, don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.